in a world of Fox News and MSNBC, of right, left, center, and beyond. Our definitions need definitions, and our minds feel permanently twisted and wrung out like a wash rag in need of rinsing. Our day-to-day lives are filled to the point of bursting. Our smartest software strains under the weight of our schedules. Smartphones, email, text messaging, likes, follows, double taps, swiping left or right, searching for just the right emoji, Snapchat, and so on and so on. We're barraged by the breakneck pace of our lives and by posturing to keep up with the Kardashians. We rarely, if ever, relax, unwind, and create space to encounter wonder. Home provides that place and that space. Home is a place where you can catch your breath. Home is a state of mind. It's a space for humility and rest and peace. Home is where our brains can untangle and make sense of the world around us. It's a place where we can let down our defenses and speak freely. Home is a refuge from the tempest of modern life. Home is a place where we can be free from the judgments and assessments of the world. Home is a place where you can catch your breath. But home isn't just a refuge. It isn't just a place of rest and solace. It's a place from which we are sent out and a place to which we invite others. That's because home isn't just a one-time deal. It's people, it's family and friends, or more precisely, it's healthy relationship. Jesus calls us to rest under the shadow of his wings. He invites us to come to him, find rest for our souls. He invites us to himself. He calls I'm coming home, I'm coming home, tell the world I'm coming home, let the rain wash away all the pain of yesterday, and there my kingdom awaits, and they're forgiven my mistakes, I'm coming home, I'm coming home, tell the world, I'm coming home, I'm coming home, tell the world I'm coming home. All the pain of yesterday And there my kingdom 
Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. It is great to celebrate the birth of Jesus with each of you. Whether you're joining us from our Bettendorf campus or our Kiwani Center campus, or maybe tuning in online or here with me in Rock Island, I want to once again wish you a very Merry Christmas. This entire service has been designed to allow us to experience the wonder and hope and joy of this season by experiencing home this Christmas. That's actually my prayer for you, my prayer for all of us, and I'm glad you're here. You know, in 1943, a man by the name of Harry Lillis Crosby released a song that be quickly became a top 10 hit. The song was written to actually honor soldiers deployed overseas during World War II who wanted to be home for the holidays but couldn't be. Yet 74 years later, Bing Crosby's I'll Be Home for Christmas remains a Christmas classic. We know the song. Many of us know the lyrics to the song. I'll be home for Christmas. You can plan on me. Please have snow and mistletoe and presents on the tree. Christmas Eve will find me where the love light gleams. And join in here. I'll be home for Christmas, if only in my dreams. Yeah, we, we know that song. It's a great song, and Bing did a great job with it. But I got to tell you, that's not the reason it's lasted. That's not the primary reason it has become a time-honored Christmas classic. It has become that because of a different reality, because of the truth that we all long for home. We all long for home, at least as home was intended to be. See, there's really no place quite like home for the holidays. And Christmas brings with it this extra sense of anticipation around family and friends and, and traditions. I can still recall some of the moments that I have longed to be home for Christmas. My years in college, I couldn't wait to end the semester and make it home for the holidays on Christmas break. While deployed in the military, I longed to be home for Christmas. I felt it so strongly, I could feel it in my toes. But I know I'm not the only person to have ever felt that. I know I'm not the only student or soldier to have longed to come home for Christmas. I also know those aren't the only contexts by which we can long for home. Parents with newborn babies can long to take that baby home. Prisoners can long to be set free to go home. There's lots of contexts that create a space for return. But they each bring this sense of anticipation out of a longing for home, and that's especially true at Christmas. See, of all the places and spaces that, that we can go, home is unique. There's no place quite like it and what it represents. That reality is even woven into the fabric of our culture and language. Do this with me for a moment. Can you think of a, a phrase or sentiment that we use to speak of home? There's a number of them in our culture. There's just a saying that speaks of what home is and what it means. Can you think of one? Let's do it this way. I actually want to give you the first two words of some sentiments and sayings about home. And if you know the rest of the saying, I want you to shout it out right from where you're at. Bettendorf, Kiwani men, get in on this as well. I want to give you the first two words, and then I want you to shout out the rest of it if you know it. Sound like a plan? All right, here's what I want to do, though. I want to make it easy by giving you a visual hint 
to help you out. And we're going to start with an easy one to begin with. So here's the first visual image. This is a, a cross stitch of a house nestled in some snow and some evergreens with, a, with smoke coming out of the chimney. So let me give you the first part. You shout out the rest. Home sweet. There you go. Home sweet home. Man, home is a, a place of comfort. It's a place of peace and a place of belonging. <laughs> Some people say home is where they have to take you in. <laughs> I hope that's true. Don't know that it always is. But home sweet home is a common sentiment for us. Here's the next one. Here's the visual image, a pair of ruby red shoes. So let me give you the first two words. There's no place like home. You got it. This is what Dorothy said in The Wizard of Oz. There is no place like home. It's unique. It's special. It's where we can just be us. And maybe in our modern vernacular, we can say that home is where our Wi-Fi connects automatically. There's no place like home. Here's the last one. This is just the image of a heart. And so let me give you the two words. Home is where the heart is. You guys are good. You're on top of it. And I, I realize, listen, we have used or heard at least one of these statements ourselves. And they each speak to the, the value and uniqueness of home. But why is home unique? Why is it sweet? Why does it hold our heart? Not everything about home is good or fun or, or sweet. Some of us face a reality at home that is marked by pain or loss or even abuse. So why is there no place like it when it's not perfect? Why is it special? Well, that's because home is more than a place. Home is more than a unique, sweet location that we can go to. Home is a context. Home is a space where we are welcomed and wanted. Welcomed and wanted. And for our purposes today in our conversation, I want you to think about the concept of coming home with one simple definition. That the idea of coming home is experiencing relationship as it should have been. Experiencing relationship as it should have been or as it should be. We're talking about vertical and horizontal. We're talking about God and others. Natural and, and supernatural physical and spiritual. And we all long for that relationship as it should have been. And the reality is that Christmas creates a space for us to experience it. Christmas is a time to come home. It's a time of returning to relationships and family and traditions. Christmas is a time to come home. And we all want to be home for Christmas. You know, long before Christmas became what it is today, and long before Bing Crosby ever sang, I'll be home for Christmas, it was already about coming home. It was already about returning. See, Christmas is a special holiday. I mean, good grief, it's Jesus' birthday. It's God coming to earth. It, it's fantastic, and, and quite honestly, amazing. 
Yet what makes Christmas special is not just simply that Jesus came to our home, but that we can go to his. We can be reconciled to God and experience relationship as it should have been all along. It's awesome that Jesus came to our home that first Christmas, but it's even cooler that because of what he did, we can go to his. We can experience relationship as it should be. And quite honestly, we were created for that. We were created for fellowship with him. To, to, to come home to God is actually to come home ourselves to what we were created for. Relationship as it should be. I want you to consider with me the words of Jesus that are actually captured in John chapter 14. He, he says this about 33 years after he arrived that first Christmas and shortly before his crucifixion. Here's what he says. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. He says, I got lots of space to come home, so y'all come home with me. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You can come home. You can come to God's house. You know, Jesus came to our home so we could go to his. But now I realize that the idea that we can be welcomed and wanted by God sounds good. But for some, it feels a bit out of reach, almost a bridge too far. Because right now, you are not at home. You're not in relationship with God as you should be or could be. And it's been a long time since you have been. The mistakes, poor choices, even rebellion and sin have, have positioned you in a context where you're not at home with God. Yet Jesus coming that very first Christmas is the turning point. It's the key to our ability to come home. No matter what we have done or where we have been, no matter what has happened in the previous moment, through Jesus, we can come home in the very next moment and experience relationship as it should have been all along. You know that in the song, I'll Be Home for Christmas, we know that's written from the perspective of a soldier who's writing to his parents saying, plan on me being there and here's how you can prepare. But have you ever thought about how that thing ends? How it lands? It kind of lands on a bit of a downer, a depressing note. I'll be home for Christmas if only in my what? Dreams. That's kind of sad. I mean, there's some hope in that, but mostly sad. In fact, it was originally considered to be so sad, nobody wanted to produce it as a Christmas song. They thought it was too melancholy. Until one of the writers sang it to Bing Crosby while on a golf course one day. And the rest of it is history. See, Jesus coming to earth is the turning point to our longing to be in relationship as it should be. We're no longer left with mournful, wishful thinking, but rather glad and joyful hope. At least that's what's possible. See, the, the youngest of Jesus' 12 disciples was named John. And, and he would write something in 1 John chapter 4 that I think is important as we consider that longing to have a relationship with God and others as it should have been. Here's what he said. 
This is how God showed his love for us. God sent his only son into the world. That's that first Christmas. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him, so that we might come home, so that we might experience relationship as it should have been, so we can come home and not only have it in our dreams, but actually experience it in real life, so that we might live through him. This is the kind of love we're talking about. Not, not that we once upon a time loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage they've done to our relationship with God. Jesus is the key to our ability to experience relationship as it should be. And you and I can experience home in our relationship with God and others through him. It doesn't have to only be in our dreams. That's the wonder and hope and joy of Christmas. That we can all come home for Christmas. But there's a catch. We can't do it on our own. We cannot make ourselves at home with God. We actually need help. Now, there are certainly spaces and places where we can make ourselves at home, but then there are actually spaces and places we probably shouldn't make ourselves at home. Reminds me of the story of the pastor who was visiting his congregants in their homes and he stopped by the home of an elderly parishioner. And as he sat in conversation with her, he noticed that on the coffee table she had a bowl of peanuts. Now he had missed lunch and he was a fair bit hungry, so he just grabbed a few nuts to nibble on to curb his appetite. By the end of the visit, he was kind of shocked to realize that he had eaten all of the peanuts, the whole bowl. He was a bit embarrassed, and he felt bad. So he said, I I have really enjoyed our conversation, but I need to apologize to you. I I have eaten all of your peanuts, and I'm sorry. Would you please forgive me? The woman very politely said, oh, that's okay, Pastor. I'm actually done with them. You see, since I got my dentures, all I can do is suck the chocolate off of them before I spit them in the bowl. (laughs) There are times we can make ourselves at home And then there are times we shouldn't. And knowing the difference is understanding that there are things we see or don't see, things we understand or don't understand. And the same is true with God. See, if you think you can be so bad that you can't come home, you're wrong. Yet if you think you can be good enough to come home on your own without Jesus, you're just as wrong. See, we can all come home all be home for Christmas. But it's not in our strength. It's only through Jesus. Only Jesus. You see, right after Jesus talked about going to his father's house and having lots of rooms and preparing a place, he said something else. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes home except through me but all can come home through me. See, Jesus came here so we could go home. He came to rescue. He came to redeem. He came to restore broken relationship. And broken relationships go all the way back to the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. 
But again, Christmas is the turning point for all of that. Jesus coming means that we no longer have to live in what was or has been. We can actually live in relationship with God as it should have been. You and I don't have to be defined by what was. We're willing to release our, our sin, our pain, and our poor choices. We don't have to be defined by our family junk or our repeated habits or our mistakes. We can allow the pain of yesterday to be washed away, find forgiveness, and come home. Look, you need to understand, if you are not living in relationship with God today, if you're not home with Him, I want you to know you can be. You can experience home today. Our ability to go home is not rooted in our strength, but it is rooted in our choices. It's rooted in our choice to release what has been and to receive what can be. Relationship as it should have been all along. But here's the thing. God will never force you to come home and he won't even add extra punishment if you choose not to. But he won't be able to rescue. He won't be able to restore what should have been if you don't. But if you choose to receive Jesus as the way, the truth, and life, you come home. You begin to experience his presence and his power in ways you've not yet seen. Everything begins to change. You come home. And the ability to do that is rooted in a conversation, in a prayer. A prayer that really has three parts to it. Acknowledgement of our sin, asking to be forgiven of that sin, and then receiving Jesus as Lord. It's really fairly simple, but it's significant. And it's how we come home. So if, if you're ready to come home this Christmas, you're done dreaming and desiring what could be. You want to ex actually experience it as it should have been. I want to invite you to pray silently a prayer like this as I read it aloud in just a moment. Maybe you'll pray this prayer for the first time. Maybe you'll pray it as a rededication because you made a decision to be at home with Jesus at some point, but you've wandered. And so whether you pray it for the first time or you pray it as a rededication, this is an opportunity to choose to come home. And I invite you to do that. If you're someone who finds yourself already at home with God, walking in relationship with Him, enjoying the beauty and blessing of that, then I encourage you to use these moments to pray for the folks who will be praying this with me silently as I read it aloud. So if you're ready to come home, I want to invite you to pray this prayer right where you're at, Bettendorf, Kiwani, online here at Rock Island. Pray this prayer silent with me as I read it aloud. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner and I have wandered from home. I believe you lived and died and rose again to give me a way to return home. I ask you to forgive me and wash away the sin and pain of my life. For today, I choose to come home and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you just chose to come home. 
and, and even now, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God is at work in you, allowing you to experience relationship God, with God as it should have been all along. See, when we choose Jesus as Savior and Lord, He gives us new life and the promise of a new home. It's not really the end of a journey. It's the beginning of the greatest journey we can ever be on. And you don't have to do it alone. We want to do it with you. We're better together than we are apart. And, and if you just prayed that prayer to come home, I want to encourage and invite you to let us know that you did that. The easiest way to do it is to use the connection card that is located in the seat back in front of you or on the chair when you came in. Or if you're online, there's an electronic version just to click on to the left. But to fill it out and let us know that you chose to come home. Declare it, because we want to celebrate with you. We want to walk with you. And we want you to experience the fullness of walking in that relationship and us being home together. You can fill this out and drop it in the offering bucket that will pass by in just a moment at each of our locations. Or you can take it out into the lobby on your way out today and give it to a individual, any of the individuals wearing a heritage lanyard. Because we actually want to give you a Bible if you don't have one. And we want to point you to some resources that will keep you moving in the journey. I encourage you to let us know you made the decision to come home for the first time or in a rededication. Just check that and mark it down. I prayed to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. Now, I realize some of you are thinking, I, I kind of want to go home, but I want a bit more conversation. Well, the same individuals wearing those lanyards are prepared to help you talk a bit more about what can be in your life as you choose to come home this Christmas. Because there is no place like home. And we can all come home for Christmas through Jesus. You know, Jesus is not just a baby in a manger. He's not just a good teacher. He's a risen king. He, he loves you. He, he came to provide a way for you to come home. He offers light and life to us. That's one of the reasons that candles are a big part of our celebrations at Christmas. They remind us that Jesus is the light of the world and, and he lights the way out of any and every darkness. Candles remind us that he came for us and he makes a way for us to go home. And in some ways, they remind us that he leaves a light on for those that have not yet chosen to come home. But here's what I want to do. Here's how I want to transition our time together. I want to position us with a moment to worship and him and celebrate all of that through song and light. And on your way in today, you would have hopefully received a candle. And I invite you to grab that candle and get it ready as, as I light this candle. This is the Christ candle. And in a few moments uh, across our Heritage Network, we're going to share the light of the cross, Christ candle. And it's going to move through our spaces and it's going to illuminate our spaces. It's beautiful. It's one of our favorite moments in our Christmas Eve gatherings. But this year we want to do something a little bit special, a little bit extra. As we sing and as we light each other's candles, we're also going to have an opportunity to sit back and listen to some personal testimonies. See, as we as a church have created space for people to come home in our communities and in our region. God has moved in ways in people's lives where they've experienced the love and light of Christ. And we've captured a few video clips that allow you to hear what God has been doing and how he's been working and moving in those spaces. So we're going to sing Silent Night, we're going to light each other's candles, but we're also going to hear from some real experiences as people have experienced the love and light of Christ. So as we sing, as we celebrate, as we recognize that Jesus is the light of the world, we're also recognizing that he is the one who lights our way home. <laughs> 